Sir Ian Botham, welcome to Two Smoking Guns. Thank you. Thank you, boys. Yes, I'm <laughs> in for that. 2020 COVID-19 handicap over 1,900 metres. Brian Adams, everything I do, I do it for well, you. for a film, though. Turgid song. <laughs> Australians all let us ring Joyce because she is young and free. Roger Federer, you're getting better every time I see you play. All of these Scooby Doo movies. And you're listening to Two Smoking Guns. They think The Godfather's a documentary. And you're listening to Two Smoking Guns yet again for another episode of uh, Complete Madness. And uh, as always, um, across the desk, my great mate. Hello, Ratsy. Hello, mate. I'm <laughs> very, very well today. It's, we are deep. We are deep into the Australian we Open Week. Are. And um, that's going to be the topic of our chat today. We're yeah. going to delve into the world of tennis. We are, because last week we uh, unpacked the history of Gloff. Yes. Golf. Golf. <laughs> um, with some uh, very ordinary pronunciation from me said here. And um, uh, I am looking forward to more of that today. Well, there, mi- there might be a little bit. We're, we're going to stay in Europe, um, and it's not English. <laughs> very good. So uh, I don't know where that's going to go, but let me tell you this. Um, I, I just I had a funny moment on the way here. Yeah. Um, you, you know this whole thing about you know owners that look like their dogs. Oh yes, yeah, you know, it's a thing, right? Apparently, it's a thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a thing. Well, this morning, I I saw this poodle, right, and then I saw the dog. <laughs> <laughs> Because let me tell you, oh, it's like, wow. <laughs> well, speaking of dogs. They were in the same litter. <laughs> I don't know if you've been watching the uh, the ads that have been on through the tennis. But there's uh, a rather wonderful ad that features Andre Agassi. Oh, mullets. And it's the mullet ad. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen it? Yes, I have. And uh, of course, Very he was famous back in the day for, yeah. for um, sporting a mullet. Yes. And uh, speculation that was actually a hairpiece. That's right. Because yes. he subsequently then went nude nut. Yes. And it's, it's a, for those of, well, you would have seen it. If you've watched any tennis, you've seen this ad. Um, and everyone in the crowd is wearing a mullet. Oh, and all ages. And there's a lovely moment at the end where the kid taps him on the shoulder and gives him some sunscreen and says, for your neck. For your neck. Because <laughs> everybody else is covered. Correct. <laughs> oh, you know, it's a beauty. Yeah. Um, I think... He admitted that he used to wear the uh, the he Persian. Did in his book, which I've read. Oh, is yes. it good? It's a good book. Yeah, oh, he, he looks like a good. He looks good, like good a good fella. Good fella. Yeah. Um, now we're deep into the Aussie Open we week, are. and it's been wonderful. Um, unfortunately, we've we've got no Aussie women left. They've been brave, yeah. but ultimately bested. <laughs> They've been brave. Um, Come on. <laughs> but we've still Through the got, covers, please. <laughs> we've still got the demon alive. Oh, the demon's playing tonight. And uh, yeah, he's on tonight, so we'll see how we go. Yeah, but it's good. been great tennis to watch. So we're going to have a little bit of a deep dive into tennis. Scotty, you're going to take us through a little bit of the history of tennis. Yeah, I am. I've got a little bit on the scoring of tennis. Yeah, no, that's good. And then we've got a little segment at the end, a little rapid fire called... 
tallest, shortest, fastest, and most. Oh, yeah, nice. Yes. Oh, nice. And I'm finishing with a rather lovely song about Mr. Federer. Well, in fact, I might be able to add to the end piece for you because I've got... In terms of the longest... Oh, yes, yes, we can do that as well. I'll, I'll keep that a surprise, yes, though. All right. So, uh, anyway, let's... So uh, why don't let, you lead off let, and let's tell us all about let's, wh- why, why tennis and when did tennis originate? Well, um, if you want to have a stab, when do you reckon? Well, see, I, in my memory, and I haven't done the research like you have, right. but I recall that tennis originated from a thing called royal tennis. Yeah. Correct. Which, which to my mind, says England, because Royal says England yeah, to me. good enough. Um, and I have played Royal Tennis. Yes. There's a court in Melbourne. Right. Um, it's, it's members only. Oh, Invitational. Right. Oh, invita- yeah. oh, it's an invitational. Yes. <laughs> and uh, it's quite a remarkable game, and you have to actually play it with someone who knows what they're doing, because the scoring's odd. And the places you hit it are odd because you effectively hit it off a tin roof back onto the court. It's like yeah. squash and, and tennis all mixed together yeah. um, and also playing next to a shed. It's quite weird. So, so you're telling me you've got to have a PhD in tennis to be able to play <laughs> you it? Do. You do. So I think that's where it originated from. But, but you, all right. you, might, well, you might have more information than I, me. I might have to uh, put my putt. Inside yours. Okay. All right, so we'll see how we go. Um, so, so the racket sport, traditionally known, uh, was named lawn tennis, invented in Edgbaston, Birmingham. 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 Um, now commonly known simply as tennis, is the direct descendant, as you stated, uh, dear boy, um, denoted as real tennis or royal tennis. Yes, okay, good. Which uh, continues to be played, as, as you said, um, with what they describe as more complex rules. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me. Right. So the first lawn tennis club and tournament was held in Royal Lamington Spa on the 1st of August, 1882. Royal Lamington Spa or no, Lamington? Lamington. Le- it's L-E-A. Right. So it's a Lamington Spa as opposed to a Lamington. That's disappointing because I thought Lamington's yeah, you you know, like strawberries and cream yeah. might have had something to do with it. I haven't had a Lamo for a while. No. no. Put that on your bucket list. Well, I'm going shopping after this. <laughs> be right in my bag. Um, so most of the rules of lawn tennis uh, derive from this precursor and it's reasonably, reasonable to see both sports <clears throat> as variations of the same game. Yeah, right? okay. okay, fair enough. So historians believe that tennis originated in the monastic cloisters yes. in northern France in the 12th century. With the monks. The 1100s, old boy. The monks in the 12th century yeah. in France. Can you imagine that with the big long coats on and, 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 the, big, and the big hats? It'd be hard to play. <laughs> also, didn't, don't, don't the monks have a vow of silence? So, well... You know, it's not like today where they grunt and yell every time they hit no, the ball, and so the, they would have had to be silent when they and, hit the and, ball. And, and the sounds that were made were very different because, and I'll share this with you, uh, but the ball was then struck with the palm of the hand. Oh, it was like So it's hand, like no handball. No hence, hence the name, here we go, first right. one for the day, Jeu de Palm. Of the palm. Game of palm. Ah. Game of the palm, correct. It was not until... The 16th century. It took them 400 years to work out that you could grab a stick with a with a net on the end of it and use that instead of your hand. Gee, they were quick to catch on, weren't they? Because I imagine the ball wasn't a light tennis ball like it is today. Well, it was probably a cricket ball. <laughs> probably a rock. <laughs> <It was> probably a... <laughs> 
something out of the something out of the stream. So it took him um, four hundred years to to realise. Hey, um, hey, Barry, my hand's a bit sore playing yeah, this game. I broke my finger last week. Well, why don't you use this? What's that? It's a racket. It's a racket. Oh, well, boy. in fact, I don't even know if it was called a racket. So. 16th century, that rackets came into the use of the game uh, when it began to be called tennis. It was popular in England and yes, France, yes, yes. and Henry VIII of England was an enthusiast of the game, now referred to as real tennis. Ah, ah. He was famous for something else too, I wasn't he? Think old, he? The old boy. He liked wives. Yeah, <laughs> he liked them dead, not dead, not alive. Without their head. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I reckon. Um, so there's lots of original tennis courts that remain. Courts at Oxford, Cambridge, Falkland Palace and Fife where Mary Queen of Scots regularly played and Hampton Court Palace. Uh, many of the French courts were decommissioned, <clears throat> excuse me, with the terror that accompanied the French Revolution. Ah, uh, because it would have been seen, oh. probably because it would have been seen as an elitist game. Possibly. And therefore they would have torn down those courts. Well, they had to go and fight. Yes. <laughs> I'm yes. not sure. So the tennis court oath. Here we go. It's again. an oath. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. Summit du jeu de pomme. Um, the rules of tennis? Yeah. The rules of the palm tennis? It was, well, it just, it, all it says here was uh, uh, it was pivotal during the first days of the French Revolution. It was a pledge signed by 576. Of the 577 members of the Third Estate who were locked out of a meeting of the Estates General on June the 20th, 1789. Right. So it was a bit of a rebellion or something. They, right. they got locked out. They, lo- they, they said, decided, signed a petition to say, we want to play tennis. Yeah, when do you want it? Now. now. Right. <laughs> something along those lines. Is that the f- f- earliest incarnation of a, of a club? Maybe? Yeah, I think so. Or a band of merry tennis players. Or although there those blokes that walked around with loincloths that used to club things over their head. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that was the first club. I don't know. Um Marlebone Cricket Club rules of lawn tennis have been official. Oh, so he, hang on. Yeah, hang on. Here we hang go. On. Here we go. The MCC has got involved. Marlebone Cricket yes. Club. The MCC wow. oh boy. Okay. Of lawn tennis have been official with periodic slight modifications ever since eighteen seventy five. Yeah. Okay. So really, the modern game of tennis, as we Probably know, is, where is the what, rules started. Is what you said. You know, it sort of goes back into about the eighteen seventies or something. Albeit that for six hundred years before that, they had a crack. They didn't crack at it. That's good. That's good. Um, so that was good. Um, so those rules were adopted by the All England Lawn Tennis and Croquet Club. Of course, the croquet <laughs> would have been big back then for the first lawn tennis championship. The champions, Wimbledon. In 1877. The first one? Yeah. 1877. Yep, good, good. The Champions. Well, it's actually called the Champions now, isn't it? It's not... It's called the Championship. The Championship. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Um, The Davis Cup. An annual competition between men's national team dates to 1900. Yeah, and I I do recall (laughs) that because the Davis Cup was originally established as a competition between Britain, the mother country... And the uh, the new settlers in the US. Yeah, well, stand by. The Anagelis competition for women's national tennis, the Fed Cup, was founded as the Federation Cup in great year, 1963, yeah. um, to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the founding of the ITF, International Tennis Federation. Very good. Yeah. Um, now, here's where the coin comes into it. Dave, Davis <laughs> Cup was established in 1900 by a guy called Dwight F. Davis. 
just so you know. Uh, there you go. So that uh, that concurs with uh, with my research. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now, uh, let's. Uh, you can't leave sports bit out of uh, out of any sport, right? <laughs> <laughs> Old CC Pyle, no relation to Goma, <laughs> was the first professional tennis tour. Uh, sorry, he created the first professional tennis tour in 1926 with a group of American and French tennis players playing exhibition matches to paying audiences. Yeah, now there's a bit of history with this guy because he was called um, Cash and Carry. Ah, CC. is Cash and Carry. Cash and Carry. His name, real name, Charles, but he was called Cash and Carry Pile. He was into everything. He was into <laughs> uh, theatres, sports, um, he he, reckon, he 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 did American footy, uh, tennis, tennis, um, into everything, up to his armpits, moving and shaking, died bankrupt. Anything that involved the audience paying, I'm tipping. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right. So most notable uh, notable of these professionals were American Vinnie Richards and the French woman Suzanne uh, Lenglen. Players turning pro could not compete in the major uh, amateur tournaments. In 1968, there was commercial pressure. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, and rumours of some amateurs taking money under the table. Heaven forbid. Heaven Did they forbid. take money under the table, did they? Never happened. Seriously. Uh, how long has that been going on? Yeah. Um, uh, which led to the abandonment of this distinction, uh, inaugur- uh, inaugurating the open era in which all players could compete in all tournaments and top players were able to make their living from tennis. Yes, yes. So with the beginning of the open era and the establishment of international professional tennis circuit, revenues from the sale of TV rights, you know, so this is when we really start to get into it, right? Um, and it spread worldwide with sports shit, but, and by then really had shed its upper middle class English Yeah, it was very image. popular all around the world by then, wasn't it? Right, so they've just given the, uh, given the bird to the, um, uh, to the English saying, well, it's, it's global now, mate, so yeah. um, back off. As soon as the money comes in, <laughs> yeah, everyone right. piles in. Now, here we go. The word tennis came into use in, in, in the English language in the mid-14th century yes. from French uh, via the Anglo-Norman term tenez, tenez. With, a, with a Z on the end, okay. which can be translated as hold, mm. receive or take. Um, and that's a call from the server to his opponent indicating he's about to serve. Oi! Tennis. <laughs> you down there! <laughs> I'm about to surf, so um, so that's uh, that. That's what happened. Oh, um, that's interesting. I didn't know that. And every the, day's a school day well, here every, on the smoking oh, cuts. Every day's a school day. So, um, and the first known appearance of the word in English literature was by a poet, John Gower, in his poem titled "In Praise of Peace," dedicated to King Henry the Fourth, and composed in the 1400s. Wow. Okay. So. It sort of flip-flops, doesn't it? It's yeah. in the 1100s when the monks had a crack because they were bored and picked up a rock and broke their hand and then 600 years later somebody found a tennis racket in the back room somewhere. And <laughs> I want to know who invented the tennis racket. Well, haven't you done your research? Well, I didn't go that far. I didn't get down to the equipment stage. Bob Slazenger, I reckon. Bob- <laughs> Might have had a crack at it. <laughs> Bob Slazenger. <laughs> Lovely. Um, now, this is where sort of things start to get a little bit interesting. Um, 
actually, reckon, yes. Here actually, we go. Yeah, go on. Actually, what have you found? This is even better. I reckon, I reckon Captain Spaulding invented the no. tennis racket. No. <laughs> Howard Head. Howard Head. Of course he did. Of course he of did. Of course he did. Of course he did. Who else would do it? Oh, no, he did skis. And then he... Uh, he um, what about Honoré Lacoste? Did he, he, did he, he make one? No, Howard Head decided to take tennis lessons after he retired from skiing. Yep. And he purchased a tennis ball machine manufactured by Prince Manufacturing. Oh, please. Hey. Please. Hey. And he felt that the uh, equipment for the game needed improvement. He, invent, he invented the ball machine with Prince and then he decided the first graphite racket. Replacing wooden rackets. So I'd have to go back further to see who invented the wooden racket. Yeah, we've got time. We've got time. <laughs> no. But there you go. Howard Head's involved, as well as Bob Slusinger. And Prince. And Prince. <laughs> yes. All the great names All of tennis names still. Tennis. So just continuing on from the, uh, the the poem dedicated to Henry IV, um, uh, I'll share this with you. Of the tennis to win au lycée chasse, maintenant le huit et that the ball be wrong, which translates to whether a chase is won or lost at tennis, nobody can know until the ball is run. Hmm. Well, it, it's, it's, and? It, and, yeah, and? <laughs> exactly. So I hit it, you miss it, the ball's run. Yeah. I hit it, you hit it back, get it over the net, I hit it into the net, the ball is run. It's just the end of the point, I yeah, think. Yeah, so right. anyway, Very good. Um, so as I say, uh, tennis is mentioned in literature as far back as the Middle Ages. Um, the, the the second shepherd's play, circa fifteen hundred. Um, shepherds gave three gifts. Now this is going to knock your socks off, right? So the three wise men on the donkeys, right? Yeah. What did they used to have? Flowers and a bit of cloth and maybe cheese. I don't know. Well, the shepherds gave three gifts, including a tennis ball. <laughs> To the newborn Christ, Sir Gawain, a knight of King Arthur's round table. Oh, this is getting magnificent, really. Um, uh, Plays tennis against a group of 17 giants in the Turk and Gowen, circa 1500. So there's a play and the shepherds come along and one of the kids is a tennis ball. The gold frankincense and (laughs) slazenger. Can I have one of these out of the can? Fantastic. (laughs) How's that, eh? Right. The medieval form of tennis is termed as real tennis, a game that evolved over three centuries from an earlier ball game, as we said, around the 12th century in France, involved hitting the ball with a bare hand, but later with a glove. Oh, well, that's so, a bit of protection. So they, they did progress. I think it took them another 200 years after they started to, to work out that you could put a glove on your hand, so that would help. Maybe on a cold day too, possibly. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, um, by the 16th century, the glove had become the racket. Perfect. Uh, and the game had then moved to an enclosed playing area and the rules had stabilised. Mm. I don't know what was unstable about them, but anyway, <laughs> they stabilised. Real tennis spread in popular, uh, popularity um, throughout royalty in Europe, reaching its peak in the 16th century. Our oh, 1500s, great. that was a great era, the 1500s. It was. Yeah. Um, in 1437, mm. though, at the Blackfriars Perth, the playing of tennis indirectly led to the death of King James I of Scotland. Did died on the court. Well, uh, not quite. Got uh, hit because, by a flying racket. No, he, he was worried about losing tennis balls. So what happened was um, 
there was a drain outlet um, uh, through which uh, he had planned that in the event that anybody came to knock him off, he could escape through said little tunnel or through this drain. So through which he hoped to escape assassins, it had been blocked. To stop the tennis balls getting lost. To prevent the loss of tennis balls. <laughs> so we can lose tennis balls or we can lose James the First of Scotland. Mm, James the First. Sorry, old boy. Sorry, old boy. <laughs> Bang. Bang. <laughs> Gone. Um, he was trapped and killed. <laughs> uh, Francis I of France, 1515 to 1547. He was a very enthusiastic player and promoter of real tennis, building courts and encouraging play among the courtiers and commoners. His successor, Henry II, 1547 to 59, he was an excellent player and continued the royal French tradition. In 1555, an Italian priest, Antonio Schiano dal Saloth, it's a bit of a mouthful, that old boy, uh, he wrote the first known book about tennis, um, Trattato del Guaco della Pala. Um, two French kings died from tennis-related episodes. Louis X of a severe chill <laughs> after playing, right? So he got a bit cold, went to, went to bed, never got up again. And Charles VIII, after hitting his head during a game... Well, that do it. What do, you, what do you hit your head on in tennis? The Rack, um, racket. The umpire's chair. Ball. Don't even know if they had umpires back then, do no. we? Maybe, um, maybe his follow-through from his shot. <laughs> Anyway, he hit his head. King Charles IX granted a constitution uh, to the Corporation of Tennis Professionals in 1571. Here we go, 1500s again. Creating the first pro tennis tour, establishing three professional levels, apprentice, associate and master. Oh, master. Uh, don't you like that? I like master. Yeah. Uh, um, a professional named Forbay wrote and published the first um, codification of the rules in 1599. Yeah. Right, so royal interest in uh, England began with Henry V, who was 1413 to 1422, Henry VIII, 1509 to 47. They made the biggest impact um, as a young monarch, playing the game with gusto mm. at Hampton Court uh, on, a hort, uh, on a court he had built in 1530. Now we get interesting. It's believed that his second wife, Anne Boleyn, Ah, so that's a familiar name. Familiar name. Mm. I've got a feeling she was a bit naughty. She might have been married to some other bloke down the track. Yeah, yeah, Henry. Possibly. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so he was watching uh, a game when she was arrested um, and that Henry was playing when news of her execution arrived during the reign of uh, James I in 1603 to 25. Um, London had 14 courts. <laughs> um she got she got nobbled for treason, I think. Yeah, yeah, or for watching tennis. Yeah, well, I don't know. I, I no idea. But anyway, she was arrested, and he was watching a match, and somebody came up and said, "Oh, oh boy, I'm sorry to tell you." He goes, Shh, "I'm watching. I'm watching this game. Go away." Um, real tennis is mentioned in literature by William Shakespeare. So, oh, Willie, oh, Willie, so Willie, Willie, Willie Shaker, who mentions um, tennis balls in Henry the Fifth. When a basket of them is given to uh, King Henry as a mockery of his youth and playfulness, <laughs> so you get it as a present when you're born, yeah. and then you get it when they're taking the piss out of you. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Um, one of the most striking early references appears in a painting um, by 
Jean Battista Tiepolo, entitled uh, The Death of Hyacinth in 1752, in which a strung racket and three tennis balls are depicted in a painting. Um, so, look, it sort of goes, you know, on and on and on and on and on about all sorts of different things. Um, so I'm not sure how far you want to go because I know I'm really interested to understand from your end of things because it, it's got some weird names and references in this game and I'd like to know where they originated from because well, that's what we do here Well, what on the guns. What I'd like to, just to cover because you've played tennis, I take it. Yes, I have. It does have one of the more bizarre scoring systems of com- any sport play. Completely nuts. Because normally, you know, if you win one, a point, two. it's one point. <laughs> yeah, if correct. you win another, it's two. Yeah, that's right. Not so with tennis. No. It's 15, 30, 40 game. Oh, it's love, 15. I was going to say, tell me, lovey. 15 love, <laughs> 30, 15, 40, yeah. you know, yeah. 40, 30. 40 love. 30, there's not a, yeah. not a lot of love going on if it's 40 love. <laughs> so it's a bit of a mystery how it started. We have to go back to your French guys back in the day. The, 15s? The, yeah, well, the 12th, 14th, way back then. Yeah. And the, the, the assumption is that it was based on clock face. To keep score. So you get okay. this concept of 15, 30, 45, 60. Yep. Um, that, that was kind of a theory. Yep. That, that that's, that's how it's because there were clocks around. Yep. Uh, those days people were referencing them. And the game was, okay, you get to 15, you get to 30, you get to 45, you get to 60, you win the game. Yeah. And there was some speculation that it was during the course of a game, a bit hard to say 45, so it was used to 40. So that's kind of a theory want, about how the how that scoring has happened. I wonder what happened to old 45. Yeah, old 45. <laughs> old 45. Got <laughs> shafted. Bad old 55. Yeah, that's right. Old Wilbur 55. Wild. Willie. Um, the other suggestion, uh, which is interesting, is that there was a game before tennis where it was on a, a, a larger court, but you you went forward in increments of 15 yards and then a further 15 yards and then a further 15 yards. So there's sort of some concept that that might be um, the the concept of the the scoring. The increments. The increments have flowed over when they started introducing a ball to that particular game, etc. Anyway, they're all theories. And, and the interesting use is the word of love, not zero or nil. Correct. When you start a game. Why? Mm. Well, um, why is it so? There's two theories. <laughs> um, the first one is yeah. the use of love for zero derives from the phrase playing for love. Yeah. Meaning without stakes being wagered for nothing. We're just playing the game because we love it. For love nor money. And, and we start the game by stating that we love all, playing for love. Right. You know, there's love on right. both sides of the net. Yep. Until one person starts winning. Yeah, and now I'm going to be 15, all right, love? <laughs> <laughs> and then there's another concept that is... Potentially is the earth, the egg, yes, part, um, which stands for zero. Shape you know? for zero. Um, so the egg, lerf, love, yeah, may may have come from that. Yeah, ten which, bucks on that for me. Yeah, so right. that, 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 you know that's a derivation <laughs> of the word lerf, which yeah. is egg, which is zero, yeah, which is yeah, one. Yeah. Similar to the term they use in cricket called duck, right? Yeah. Yeah, duck's yeah, egg, duck egg, zero, yeah. nada. And the best egg? The golden duck. The golden duck, yeah. <laughs> so um, there you go. So there's a couple of yeah, okay. ideas there around that how works. the unique scoring system. And it's, but what is great about it is it stood the test of time. So it's still used. 
Even in a modern world, we've gone from yards to metrics and we've gone, we've replaced old fashioned sayings. We're still using love, 15, 30, 40. Yeah. Okay. okay, excuse me, teacher. Mm. I have a question for you. Mm. Um, when it's 40 all, what's juice? Ah, great question. Hey? Great question. Because it's not 40 all. No, it's they called call it juice. Juice. And mm. then it's called advantage. And I get that because one player's gone one step further than the other. But then if, if he mucks up, it goes back to juice. It goes back to 40 all. Yeah. But he actually got to 41, and now he's been brought back to 40. That's How does that work? It's very How strange. do you get one up, lose the next one, you get it taken off you? Why doesn't the other bike just have to catch up at some stage? You'll go one more. <laughs> where does juice come from? What is juice? Is that a French... Does it, do jus or, or something in French mean... All or together or same or something of that nature. There's smoke coming out of that computer. I don't know, you mate. are going hard. You're going hard. Have we stumbled, Wiki? It's, it's traced back to the Latin word for two called duos. Duos. Or the French word for two, which is du. No. Yeah, du. Yeah. Two, yes. Um, I was close. But um, it's sort of like the prevailing theory is that it, it's we're, 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 we're both, the same. We're both the same, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. But that's, okay. uh, that's as far as I know. Yeah, uh, well, uh, my waters weren't far off. Oh, very good. <laughs> but, but there is <laughs> but, a concept of a tiebreaker. Well, um, now that's right. an interesting one because um, and was, I'll, I'm happy to stand corrected because I, I think there's a couple of uh, different uh, derivations of this. Um, and that being that it, it appears as though somewhere between about 1970 and 1973 is when tiebreakers came in. Because the games um, were going on forever. Yeah, they were. Um, and indeed, they were. Um, because there is, um, and if you're happy for me to share this with you now, um, the, the tiebreaker did come in because I've got a reference here of the longest game ever played. Oh, fantastic. Hey? Perfect. I want that. Now... You do that, and then I'll tell you about a couple of mine. Okay, because my, my tallest. And it, shortest it's not. Ones. It's not very long ago. In fact, you may possibly even watch this match. It was between um, an American called John Isner. Yeah, big tall guy. Yeah, Johnny High, and uh, Nicholas Mahut. Don't know him. No, and I, and the flag's not in colour, so I can't see where it comes from. <laughs> um, and because as we go down the list, it actually says, you know, what country they came from. But these two are just named by themselves. It's 2010. Oh, okay. Where, right? Whereabouts? So this is in Wimbledon. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. And um, I, I'm going to read you the score... And, and then I'm going to give you um, its duration. Right? Wow. Okay. <laughs> it's the duration that's going to knock you off your stool, right? 6-4, 3-6. was 7-9. Yeah. So tiebreaker's in uh, at this stage. 7-6 with the tiebreaker at 7-3. Yeah. 70-68. <laughs> and all it says is the tiebreaker was 2. But... Uh, so no, no, no. It'd be tiebreaker seven six, and the score would have been seventy. Whatever you said, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. But seventy to sixty eight. That's amazing. It's right? amazing. It went for eleven hours yeah. and five minutes. Crikey! Do you know what's even more bizarre? No. It went for three days. <laughs> <laughs> so think about that oh, for is a that moment. Wimbledon weather. It's involved? Wimbledon weather. Yeah, it must be. Must so be. maybe they've played. 
three hours one day, Crikey. five hours the next day, and then three hours on the final day. That throws your scheduling to, out, to, it? to get a result. Now, wow. um, here's a name for you, because in the top 14 of the longest games recorded, um, there's a chap that appears um, three times. John McEnroe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah really? So the big Mac. So 1982 Davis Cup, um, Mac plays um, Mats Willander. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Great player. 9762, 15, 17, 3686. All right, incredible. Um, then he plays um, Boom Boom. The Boris. The Boris Meister in the 1987 Davis Cup. 4, 6, 15, 13, 8, 10, 6, 2, 6, 2. Hey? <laughs> boom, boom, got a bit tired in those last two. Uh, and, then, <laughs> and then in 1980, um, the max up again against Jose Luis Clerc from Argentina. Yeah, Argentina. Um, and that's the 1980 Davis Cup, as I say, 6, 3, 6, 2, 4, 6, 13, 11. So the Max, uh, the, the Mac had a bit of a penchant for um, long games. <laughs> I was watching Johnny McEnroe highlights last night. I went, oh, down, yeah. I went down to YouTube. Uh, I was ah. watching Federer's Greatest Shots, which, ah, right. which is a thing. Is it? Oh, yeah. Really? YouTube, watch that. Really? And then I got stuck into Johnny Mac because oh. I loved him. I loved him. God, be serious. Yeah, be serious, <laughs> umpire. <laughs> but Johnny Mac's won the most tournaments of any person. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Now, that's doubles what's the, and singles. What, yeah, I was going to say, what's the split between doubles and singles then for him? More singles than doubles? Straight down the middle. Really? He's won 155 tournaments in his career. 77, <sighs> um, well, 77 singles and 78 doubles or something like that. Yeah, straight down the middle. Jimmy right. Connors has won the most singles tournaments ever. Jimmy 109. Yeah. Wow. Lefty, yeah. wasn't Lefty. Lefty. So, put it in context, Fed has won 111. Um, tournaments, yeah, and the great, the greatest player in the world at the moment, Novak, is one ninety nine. Ninety nine could win his hundredth. Wow! Anyway, that'd be pretty special here. So Johnny it? Mac, yeah, great player, Johnny Mac. I, Loved can ima- him. I can imagine it's not a small house. What, Johnny Mac's? I think he's got a couple. <laughs> he's got a couple, mate. <laughs> Although the prize money wasn't as massive. No, back then, well, that's the thing, right? You know. I mean, the money they get now is I mean, just. That Carlos Alcaraz kid, who's pretty good, seeded two, the yeah, Aussie Open. He's yeah. he's twenty and he's won twenty seven million already. Yeah, right. So yeah. Johnny Johnny Mac wouldn't have made that in his whole career. No, man. this is true. Anyway, I've got a little segment for you to, to sort of get um, tallest, shortest, fastest, slowest. No, shortest. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, I'll start with this. Weird, Far, weirdest? Fa- fastest serves. Fastest serves? Oh, yeah, I, I, reckon, I, I reckon it's an Aussie. He, well, who do you reckon? Um, I reckon he's now a politician down on the mornings in Peninsula. Yeah, very good. Hey? Yeah, um, very big good. Boy, big, big boy, big boy. Yeah, six, 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 yeah. seven or something. Yeah. Um, and it was like 250 yeah, something. Sam Groth, you're Sam talking about. Groth, that's yeah. him. 263 clicks. Se- Senator Groth, please. Yeah. <laughs> Senator Groth. That's huge. Two what? 263 Ks. Uh, I, I, and, and, I, it, and it went in. I, <laughs> I wouldn't have thought there'd be anything that could actually measure something that went that fast, unless it was at NASA. That's <laughs> pretty My good, isn't God. it? So he's because what are they doing now? Sort of two well, two twenty, just about rolls it. Well, your mate John Isner, he mentioned before, he's belted one down at two fifty three. Gee whiz! Right. Um, but hang on, but that's but that's yeah, sort of fifteen years ago. Yeah, so and think, Andy Roddick did two fifty. But think about playing. the technology of the rackets then compared to now. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. big. And women, yep. right? even the women are in on it. Serena? There's a girl, um, 
the lady. I should say Georgina Garcia Perez. Yeah. Two hundred and twenty k's. Get out of town. That's enormous. Is she a big unit. Sabalenka. Oh, I like who's, Sabalenka. She's probably going to win yeah, the thing. Yeah, two hundred and fourteen yeah. so far. So she's she's big, yeah, strong. Yeah, yeah, she's good. I like you know, her. Venus Williams has got one. Tom Manovich has got one. Serena two hundred seven. So yep. everyone's in on it. So there's there you go. Some faster serve. So when you so next, is there, is when you're next on the court, Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> can I tell you? Don't pop your shoulder. No, can I tell you? I did, and to put this into context, right? Yeah. So um, I'm not, I'm not a little bloke, right? So I've, I've got, I've got a bit of grunt. You've got you know, some on the heft inside. behind I've you. I've got some heft. So, and I, uh, several years ago, I was actually having tennis lessons. Yeah. With a mate of mine, and um, one night they actually brought out the speedball machine. Yep. Yep. Um, and we did serving. Well. I got to 130. Good on you, mate. That's good. 130? When the women are doing almost double that. It's, it's, it's the technology, clearly. <laughs> you need a new racket. <laughs> I should have had a bigger head or a racket or a smaller yeah, ball. You one of those head rackets. So, mate, I was giving it everything yeah, at 130. And, and this this crowd are up 100 clicks more. I reckon I did the same. They had a, the Aussie Open one year. They had the speed um, machine. Yeah. He went in, had a go. All the kids were going in. Oh, yeah. And I was queuing up. <laughs> So I'm giving this a belt. Of course you were. And, uh, yeah, we about the same, 140 or something. Yeah. But I, I hit it as hard as I could. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, mate, I did the same and it was just, it was, wow. I was thinking, oh, that's quick. Anyway. <laughs> until, wanted... until the second serve of every player now is about <laughs> yes. 180. Well, that's exactly right. They are, I tell it's you. spinning and curling. 140 and... second serve. <laughs> that's right. Um, oh. Tallest male players. Oh, this will be good. All right. The tallest guy. Uh, We've got a seven-footer. No, very close. Oh, really? We've got a six foot eleven. Six eleven. Oh, it's big. That's 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 just off. That's isn't very it? big. That's two of them are six eleven. Ivo Karlovic. Yeah. Who, who, played in um, a game one of the one of the longest games you mentioned before. He was in one of those, and he he's he, he's got the record for the most aces in a three set match with forty five. Yeah. He's over his career, which was quite a long career, he served thirteen thousand five hundred and fifty two aces. So it's fair to say he had a big first serve. He did, didn't he? And um, there's another guy in America yep. um called Riley Opelka. He's just a twenty two year old kid. Yeah. He's come through the juniors and he's six eleven as well. Now, then Johnny Isner, your mate, six ten. Johnny Isner. Oh, see he's a big unit. He's a big man. He's a big unit. Six ten. So a couple of the others, big biggies: Jerry Jenowitz, Kevin Anderson, Dick Norman, Chris Guccione, Sam Query, Marin Chilich, and oh yeah, Chilich is one Martin. Del what's Prospero. what's Chilich? Is Chilich, Chilich six, is six 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 six? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Now women, ah, woman. Um, well, Andre's wife wouldn't be far off. Steffi, Steffi? doesn't make the list. Really? I tell you, I tell you does Venus Williams six one? Thought she was taller. Yeah, I thought she was taller. She makes it into the top ten. Okay. But the tallest is a 6'3 lass called Eva Hordanova. Eva. From okay. Czechoslovakia. Okay. And Lindsay Davenport's in there. She's six oh, foot yeah, two Dav, and a half. Yeah, she was Dav, big. Dev's tall. She is. Sharapova was 6'2. So Ooh. she was quite tall. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You've got to love a bit of Sharapova. Yeah. Anyway, shortest. Shortest. This yeah, would be interesting. Is there any, anybody under five foot? There's a woman. <laughs> That's good for her. That was under five foot. No. Yes. She, her name was Jem Hoahing. 
She was English Chinese. She played in the 30s and 40s. She, she was four foot nine and a half, so she <laughs> snuck in. <laughs> the limbo bar was at five oh, feet. She well, snuck in oh, under oh, it. I was going to say, you know why she plays tennis? Because she's too short to play ping pong. <laughs> can't, see the, can't see the top of the table. So <laughs> she's a, very short. There's a few. There's a current um, lady is playing, Anna Smashnova, which is one of the greatest names. Smashnova? Smashnova. Smashnova. That's a great name. For that is play. magnificent. She's 5'2". They, uh, they should name a dessert after her, the Smashnova Pavlova. <laughs> Amanda Kurtzer, if you remember her. Yeah, yeah. She was 5'2". Gee. Um, she went all right too, Carla Suarez Navarro was 5'4". Yeah. Anyway, there's a few short ones there. Yeah. Males. Yep. Yeah. 5'5". That's short. Olivia Rokas from um, from Belgium. That's he's mainly a doubles player. That's running under the net. But five five. That's pretty short, mate. <laughs> he's just he's just falling to the ground, and rolling short. rolling under the net. Even I'm taller than five five. <laughs> hey, you know we, uh, we've actually got an Aussie, you know, and he's obviously out now. He went in the first round. Five seven. Five seven. Yeah, yeah. yeah he'd make it onto this list because um, do you remember Diego Schwartzman from Argentina? Oh, vaguely. he was five seven. Really? Uh, Rod Laver was five eight. Really? Rod Laver. Yeah. Yeah, and now he's about 5'2". David Ferrer <laughs> was 5'9". Michael Chang. I was going to ask you about yeah, Michael Chang. 5'9". Five five, oh, okay. 5'9". Yeah, Taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Oh, there you that's go. good. Short list. Short, tall. Tall. Fast. Fastest. Very good. Have we got slowest? No. Or, or really, they don't measure slow serves. Or is that, is, is that just Kyrgios underarm? <laughs> well, that probably would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. Kyrgios' underarm. Kyrgios' underarm be the one. would be the slowest that serve would be the one. in tennis history. Very good. We'll take that. Um, well, that's all good. Right, all right. Well, that's all I've got. So let's... Well, um, that's all we need. Let's go out. Have you got a tennis song? I found a song. Oh, come on. About Roger Federer. I'll tell you what. If this is any better than the Bogan song that you played <laughs> uh, recently... Well... I'll, I haven't yeah. listened to the full song, but I, it had me at the opening line. Yeah, go on. Which goes, Roger Federer, you're getting better, ah. Uh. <laughs> that's, that's right in the wheelhouse of Bogan. I love it. So shall we give that a <laughs> whirl oh, please. as we say oh. goodbye from the two smoking guns? See you old son. I hope you've enjoyed your tennis lesson Oh, I I, I'm salivating. All right. <laughs> Here we go. Goodbye, everybody. Roger Federer